Hello, PolyAm fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. And welcome back. Hello, Bella. Hello, Monsuda. How are you? I'm good. good. How are you? I'm super good. I want to show you something because I'm really proud of it. Oh, I'm scared. So earlier today, I was writing my to-do list on things I wanted to do. Yes. And I really love the way that all of those letters look. Look, that's a really nice looking to-do list. It is. I don't know what it says because I haven't actually read it, but your lettering is very nice. Isn't that beautiful lettering? It is. Like I know. Sometimes it's so good feeling to write and see that your lettering looks beautiful. You know? The hang Bella's mirror? Yeah. I thought that said something about Bella's mom. That's terrible. I know. <laughs> I want to hang your mirror oh. in your room. Yes, I get that now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the other to-do list. What? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. So, one of the reasons why I like it is because not only do you get a good feeling when all the symmetry and all of the angulation works really well. Angulation? That was quite a word. Well, like, you know, when you're writing an O. Yeah. And it's a circle, and you get it to look like a really nice circle, you know? Yeah. So the angulation of the curves, the curvature, it's just amazing. I love it. That's nice. I, I'm glad you like your lettering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Life is exciting when you're in quarantine COVID times. I do this when it's not quarantine, too. True. Remember, I don't know, about a year and a half ago, maybe, I had a really good-looking R in something <laughs> I was writing. At work, and it was so good, I had to take a picture of it and send it to you. Yes. That was a good-looking R. Yeah. It just feels good when you get a good writing like that. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> it helps for better communication. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. What? Oh. This episode's about communication and comprehension, and you slid right in there with your written communication. Whoa, the total accident. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about communication. Yes, let's more specifically, about it. Yes, more specifically, how amazing my handwriting is. I do love it. It's very pretty. It I like is. it when you write my name on things. I wish you did more artwork with it because you are very talented at something. <laughs> okay, so, communication. <laughs> what is communication? Well, I want to say it's what we're doing right now. Okay, that's fair. It's basically comprised of a sender who's encoding a message, and there's a verbal or nonverbal message being sent to a receiver who's then decoding it and trying to get through all the noise and providing some feedback. Oh, so we're going to talk science now. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, I get that. I mean, as your explanation goes, one of my favorite things as a child was when the cereals would put toys in their toy box in the cereal boxes. Yeah. And every once in a while you get a secret decoder ring. <laughs> yes. So this is it, right? Like you're encoding something and I need to get my secret decoder ring and I need to decode what you've mysteriously coded. Unless you're over decoding and it really just means I like dogs and you're trying to make it mean something else. 
I'm not sure where we're going with that. See? There's no <laughs> comprehension. <laughs> you can't have true and honest communication without understanding what the fuck is being said. Okay, that's fair. So part of communication is open and honest expression of self. Mm-hmm. Communication is both open and honest expression of self and, on the other side, active listening for the sake of understanding. Yeah, I think it encompasses both. Sure, one comes from the sender and one comes from the receiver, and it's a two-way conversation, but the communication as like, I don't know, a definition or whatever, I don't think happens unless you've got both sides. Okay, that's fine. Otherwise, like, I'm just barking at you, and you're glazed over, and you've got headphones in, and you're just watching me move my mouth. There's no actual communication happening. There's just spitting a message that is going nowhere. I've never done that. I know. It's usually not headphones, though. It's usually your computer screen or phone screen. Are you suggesting... If I'm to decode what you're (laughs) encoding right now, are you suggesting I have indeed done that? In fact, you have. Strange. Or the screens have acted as noise, causing the message to not be received. Well, I'm feeling called out again this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Talk Your Polly Off. I think this one is absolutely more direct, though. I don't know what you're talking about. I think you do. <laughs> so one of the things that early on stops communication is communication apprehension, which is an anxiety that gets built up when you feel like you have to have a serious conversation. I think that apprehension can come from other things, too, like... I don't want to take phone calls Mm, that communicate. Like, I don't even want to call Domino's to order their pizza. I would rather use the app. I don't want to pick up phone numbers. Like, if someone texts me and they're like, hey, call me. Uh, no. Text me back. (laughs) Uh, no. (laughs) So I have, like, apprehension and fear around communicating just verbally sometimes. Right. (laughs) Causes anxiety. So the reason I bring this up, because the... Episodes that we're working on this season are a lot about yourself. Mm -hmm. Me, myself, and I. And I feel like communication apprehension happens externally because sometimes maybe it's not easy to understand how to communicate internally. What do you mean? Well, if we're trying to have communication with ourselves, Yeah. And we are trying to talk to ourselves in a way that helps us understand things a bit then what we might want to do is learn how to use the type of communication that we would listen to. So... And if we're not doing that, we're hearing other different kinds of communications coming back from the other side of ourselves. then we don't like the communication that's being had. Are you talking just about self-talk, like inner thought talk? Oh, some of it, yeah. Definitely enough of it to be where we're going with this conversation. Oh, Okay. I love how this is an episode about communication, and we're both like, what the fuck are we doing? I don't understand what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's break it down. Let's not get too cerebral about the self-talk stuff. But while we're talking about other aspects of communication through this discussion, Mm -hmm. if everyone could maybe apply it to self-talk, it might help. Oh, true. So what are some of the basic aspects of communication? How do we do it basically? We have verbal communication, mm-hmm. like what we're doing now, which we we could have direct communication. I love the color of your eyes. Or we could have indirect communication. 
My oh. mirror hasn't been hung in a month. Well, that's great indirect communication. But it was a good example, right? It was a fantastic example. I'm breaking that mirror. <laughs> we have tone and we have volume. Both things affect the words that are being said. The tone in which I hear, my mirror hasn't been hung in a month, <laughs> is something you're encoding into your message for me to hear as a way to maybe say, why don't you go hang in my fucking mirror already? Well, so... And then the volume's important, too. Like, I don't want to hang your mirror! <laughs> oh, no. Look at the spike on the recording. <laughs> yeah, that's going to fuzz hard. <laughs> well, I mean, so, okay, hold on. That reminds me of this thing that I saw during our research for the episode called, like, the four-sided model of communication by Friedman Schultz von Thun in 1981. Okay. Okay, so the, I'm going to back up a little bit so I can read these properly here. So he says that the four facets to this model, um, when you're communicating and sending a message, right? So there's fact, what I inform you about, stuff like data, facts, statements. Then there's self-revealing, what I reveal about myself in my message, information about the sender. The relationship, what I think about you in my message, or how we get along. And the fourth one is appeal. What I want to make you do. So in an attempt to influence the receiver. So when I'm sending a message like, my mirror hasn't been hung in a month. Sure, fact, absolutely. Mirror hasn't been hung in a month. But self-revealing, what I'm revealing about myself is that I would really like my mirror to be hung. Or that you don't know how to do it yourself. And that, yeah, I don't know how or can't do it myself. The relationship, so what I think about you, I'm really frustrated that you have not hung my mirror as you promised. Or the appeal, what I want to make you do. I want to make you hang my mirror. <laughs> right. That was all great examples, and I'm glad that we're rolling with this mirror thing. <laughs> well, and I think it's funny, too, because this guy who came up with this also says that the receiver typically has an ear for one facet over the others. Like, sure, you can hear the others in a message, but in general, you tend to pick out one thing. Okay, so I did not pick out the fact. Right. And I don't think you even picked out the self-revealing where I'm just like, I just want my mirror hung. No. What I hung, what I picked out was the judgment and accusation. Where does that fall on your list? I think it's list? the relationship part. Oh. <laughs> That's the, the what I think about you. Information about how we get along. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that <laughs> sounds right. you already knew the appeal of what I wanted to make you do. I, right. think, I think what you heard was the relationship part. Oh, good. So we're getting really live examples on some of our conversations. This is fantastic. <laughs> Fuck your mirror. <laughs> hey, you have the day off tomorrow. Oh, yeah. So does your mirror. Off the wall. <laughs> What's new? Oh, this is a good episode. Yeah, you keep making it great. <laughs> <laughs> so what else goes into communication? Well, we have the physical aspects of communication with expressions, body language, like how your arms were crossed through this whole mirror thing. It's because my boobs are cold because we have the heat turned off while we're recording. That too. But the implied message was that you were frustrated. <laughs> and that goes to stuff about comprehension later that we can get yeah. into. But you also have other aspects of body language. I think I mentioned that already. And then other forms of communication entirely, like writing someone a note, you mm -hmm. know. 
So there's oh. a lot of ways that we can communicate with each other. And then there's the terrible dreaded one. And how many messages get miscommunicated via text? Writing a note. I love my text. I don't want to talk on the phone. But man, don't argue with somebody and don't have like really big important conversations because it'll be misconstrued every time. Well, that's an assumption. Maybe based heavily on history, but it's still an assumption. It's totally an assumption based on factual history. I've even watched it like online. We watch people, yeah, you know, text something out and they're trying to be helpful. And someone's like, oh, you're an asshole. And they're like, whoa, bro. Yeah. Oh, Come yeah. Down. And part of the reason why some of that is misconstrued is because we don't get all as the as the decoder of this message. Mm -hmm. We don't get all of our information from the words alone. Right. We get information based on the structure of the words. Oftentimes when you're texting, people shorthand stuff. We get information based on the tone and the voice when the word is being said or when the message is being said. Or the facial expressions that the encoder is using while providing their message. Right. So like if we took my mirror, if I had texted you, if we weren't in person... And you were home and I was at work and I texted you, my mirror hasn't been hung in a month. You're probably going to assume the tone because you don't have, you have your own filters. You don't have any knowledge of, was I just saying, oh, shucks, my mirror hasn't been hung in a month. I should really get to that. Right. Or was it more of a, this fucking asshole hasn't hung my mirror like he promised he would do a month ago. You know, right, like, yeah. so you have to make an assumption based on your own filters and experience on the tone of that message. And what I could have easily done in that situation is walked into your room, taken a picture of it and said, <laughs> you're right. It has not been hung. <laughs> and sometimes we use those emojis via text when we're like, oh, you know, you can't see my facial expression. So yeah. let me send you an emoji. And I'm notorious for like an LOL and a winky face or an LOL and a smiley face afterwards <laughs> or an angel. Yeah, and it never <laughs> looks petty. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm legit just trying to be nice about it. I'm like, <laughs> it hasn't been hung. And you're like, oh, that's petty as shit. I'm like, no, really. It just really hasn't been hung. And that's funny. <laughs> well, but see, that was also the tone, too. You were like, ha, ha, ha. It hasn't been hung. <laughs> You're still conveying the same message as you did in the text with your little winky face. True. So what it seems like needs to happen here is that we need to find a way to ask for common language with our communication. What do you mean by that? Well, you have certain ways of communicating. You're talking about this four... The four facets of The four facets mm -hmm. of communication. And if you typically speak from one of these four facets the most... That's your big communication language. Right. right? Makes sense. And then I would do the same thing. Say that you speak from the appeal. Mm -hmm. So often when you're communicating something with me, you want to state your appeal of whatever it is you're communicating. And then when I communicate with you, I work from the facts facet. So I'm all about statistics and numbers or just straight data where sometimes... If I'm trying to appeal to you and I want to communicate with you in a way that you're willing to listen, I might change my communication language to include some more appeal to it to help bridge that gap of what I'm trying to say versus what you're hearing. Uh -huh. So as I'm speaking one of those four facets, you're also listening 
in your chosen facet. Exactly. I guess what makes it all kind of cool is, I mean, we all know how to communicate, right? We're talking about communicating well with each other. And obviously we know how to communicate because we talk back and forth. Right. So most of us learn this in elementary school. We, we pick up the basics, you know, the sender, the receiver, all that stuff. The message is verbal and nonverbal. Yeah. Basic stuff. But I feel like real communication is so much deeper than that. We can just sit here and spit out words left and right. And I can talk about the weather and how was your day and everything's blah and normal and boring. But I think real communication comes when you've got not only a deeper message that you're trying to send, but you still have to have that other side that's actively listening and comprehending what's being said. Right, and that's one of the kind of the cool things about communication, why we talk about it so much, and why it's so important in polyamory is because it's not just a matter of, I like Darren, Darren likes me, we are friends, right? But it's also learning how to communicate on, I guess we're talking about elementary school, learning how to communicate like on a college level, right? intellectually or emotionally or whatever, where we're getting our emotional intelligence, to learn how to communicate in ways and learning tricks and tips and methods, actually, that enhance the way we communicate, enhance our better understanding mm -hmm. for enhanced relationships. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So about comprehension, though, we have our active speaker and our active listener, and that role can flip-flop around. So we have encoding and decoding happening. Mm -hmm. I guess what I see a lot online is how people say that communication is important, but what's more important is comprehension. I kind of don't agree with that statement in the sense that I think it's equally as important as communication, but it's an aspect of full communication that doesn't often get enough attention. I agree. It's a, to me, it's like a seesaw. It's a yeah. balance. You know, you can have be heavy on the sending communicating part and really not so much on the comprehending part and then that message just doesn't get through or you could be really great at the listening you're like i'm totally listening but all you're fucking telling me is that it was cold today right <laughs> right what am i supposed to understand <laughs> give me something more so comprehension is a vital aspect of full communication mm -hmm. which helps the communication ha happen better yes so why don't we jump into that? It's it's how we decode the message. It's like understanding what's being said and hearing the message for what it is. Is that? Yeah. I mean, it's it's not productive to be like, hey, partner, let's sit down and have this serious conversation. And I'm going to tell you all of my thoughts and feelings and emotions and all these things. And your response is, uh-huh. Hmm. Like, where the fuck does that conversation go? You literally just, like, invalidated everything we were talking about. Like, you didn't hear what I was saying. You didn't empathize with me. You have zero understanding of what I just spent 30 minutes opening up about. Okay. So communication has to incorporate that comprehension. Uh-huh. Dick. <laughs> Dick move. Yeah, okay, so, like... What you're kind of talking about is how to make conversation difficult or how to make communication difficult by not comprehending or choosing not to comprehend. Yeah, when you choose not to comprehend, I think it brings about more conversations. And then there's more arguments down the line where it's like, I fucking told you this 15 times and you haven't heard me or why haven't you made any change? Oh, well, I'm not understanding. Comprehension is understanding. 
So yeah. if even if the response is more than uh-huh, even if the response is, oh, okay, yeah, I totally, I hear what you're saying and I'm going to make this change. But if they're not actually understanding it or they misunderstand what you were trying to send in your message, then their behavioral change isn't going to work because they don't quite understand what they want or what you wanted out of it. Right. That sounds like a whole lot of generalizations, but it makes sense to me. So I hope it's coming across. Well, and I think it's not even misunderstanding specifically or only that causes a communication breakdown. Sometimes you're going to be difficult in a communication, which leads to the argument like you were talking. Sometimes it leads to an argument. Mm -hmm. And if I don't want to hear what you're saying because I'm personalizing it or I don't agree with it, I can be argumentative and I can create bad communication for the sake of getting you to leave me alone or to not confront an issue or right. something like that. So there are other reasons why a person, well, maybe not reasons, but other ways why a person might derail good communication. Interesting. I've never thought about someone intentionally trying to derail it. Have you never been in an argument with a partner? <laughs> I mean, I have, but I guess because I don't intentionally try, I'm like, why would they do that? Well, and I don't think of it like as intentionally like I'm totally going to ruin what they're trying to say. <laughs> you came at me with a good message. Fuck you. <laughs> right. I think it's more like I don't want to deal with this right now, so I'm going to say some things to make sure I don't have to. Right. Or I don't like how I'm feeling attacked, so I, instead of continuing to communicate, maybe will attack back or may do something that says I'm not going to be engaged in this right now and then just bail. Yeah. Right? So I think there's that issue as well. Well, if people who are listening are actually interested in improving their active listening skills in order to comprehend a message better, I've got some tips. So even if you're not in relationship right now, and this is the personal development season and we're going to work on these things ourselves, we've all got people in our lives around us, whether it's a boss or a coworker or a family member or, you know, your dog, whatever. Practice your listening with his barking. I don't know. But here's a few tips to improve it. First of all, educate yourself on cognitive bias. Now, I personally had to look this up. Cognitive bias is the tendency in conversation to seek out information that supports what you already believe. So, like, if we're having a discussion or an argument or whatever, and you've got all these great things to say but I pick out and pinpoint that one thing because it aligns with what I already believe. So right. I've basically shut down all the rest of your message just to pick out that one thing. So being aware of it and Google cognitive bias, there's a lot of information out there. I myself need to do some more research on, but it was really an interesting thing to come across. The next thing is to avoid having an immediate response. I am the queen of being defensive and snapping back right away and not because I necessarily want to say something shitty, but because I often am afraid I'm going to forget my response and I want to get it out really fast. Well, I would have to disagree with that. I don't think you're the queen of doing this. <laughs> I think you're the princess of princess. doing it. Hmm. But if that's the case, another tip would be to take notes. Sure, it's a little weird and awkward, perhaps, in a relationship conversation to be like, okay, wait, let me let me go grab my notepad so we can have this argument and I can take a note. I've done that. It actually helps. Yeah, especially if someone like me, I'm going to forget what I want to say and not in like a tit for tat, my point for your point kind of way, but just, oh, that reminds me of this thing. Taking notes can be helpful. 
Also, you really want to minimize the I and me statements, which is interesting because when you're sending a message, you want to use I and me. I feel, I want, you know, things like that. But when you're trying to actively listen and maybe you're giving feedback or, you know, what I hear you saying is blah, blah, blah. You want to avoid making the feedback about yourself that comes around feeling a little bit narcissistic. So avoid the I statements and you want to focus on them and their message. And then the last thing is to kind of increase or figure out your motivation to listen to this message. Typically in a relationship conversation, the motivation is because you've got a desire to improve the relationship. Yeah. So it's in my best interest to actively listen to what my partner is telling me. And that's called effective framework. Yeah, it is in your best interest. I know. <laughs> so what you're telling me is that you found four different ways to help improve communication. Correct. How that, was that is what I said. Uh, how was that for using the you instead of the I? That was good. Cool. Instead of just saying, you know, I understand it this way, you're kind of like, so what you're telling me is, and I understand that like there, it's a subtle difference, it's the same thing, but it makes the sender of the message feel differently. Well, and it does also validate for the decoder mm -hmm. that I want to make sure that I'm hearing this correctly. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you in this way, and if I'm wrong, then you as the encoder can say, actually, I meant this, or yes, you are correct. Right, absolutely. I think that's pretty cool, actually. So there's other things that can cause a loss of comprehension, and that's misunderstandings like what we were just talking about mm -hmm. if you if you think you get the conversation but you don't you develop a misunderstanding and misunderstandings often cause a little bit of turmoil right because if i didn't hang this mirror <laughs> like was wanted because i misunderstood that there was a priority on it or maybe i forgot to do it so when when i misunderstand the request and you're not seeing the request fulfilled, you're getting upset because your request is not fulfilled. And then I'm dealing with extra issue because I'm like, why are you so upset? I thought I was doing this in a way that you wanted. So there's misunderstanding. Yeah. You also have assumptions. Mm -hmm. And assumptions are awesome. Well, just as an example of it. I know I totally just cut you off with it, but I just got excited. Yeah, interrupting is also a good part it's of good. not communicating in a good way. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, with this mirror thing... <laughs> Correct, yeah. Shut up. I want to finish interrupting. <laughs> if you didn't do it per my request, because mm -hmm. you misunderstood it, then it's not getting done, it's not getting done. Then I then make an assumption that I'm not as important, that's why he hasn't hung it. Whereas, you just misunderstood what was being asked of you, you didn't clarify... I didn't express exactly what I was hoping for, so my assumption is based off a whole bunch of chain link events, Right, and it's wrong. And then because you're making all of these assumptions, now you're getting upset and bothered at me. Right. Yeah, assumptions are killer. Yeah. And then another thing is judgments. If, I mean, we all know what judgments are, right? You have unspoken expectations or you have certain standards that other people aren't meeting and when these expectations or these standards aren't being met by a partner if they weren't clearly communicated then 
obviously there's going to be some breakdown there. But when you start developing a judgment, like, this fucker doesn't want to hang my mirror, you lazy asshole. <laughs> right? That's when other other things come into play, like resentment. Mm-hmm. And so in order to kind of remove judgments and assumptions and misunderstandings, this is a great time to sit down and make sure that the communication is happening both ways and that each person is comprehending the scenario. Right. Right. So with the mirror, I totally forgot. Like we talked about doing it and then other things in life came up and I just flat forgot, (laughs) you know, and I'll admit that and I'll take care of that. If we didn't really fully talk about it and every day goes by and you're like, why is this mirror still not hung? You're starting to build these feelings. Yeah, so it's a good thing that we had a podcast to hash this out over. Yeah, so basically (laughs) this is the mirror episode where we're not telling you how to communicate. We're actually having a conversation with each other (laughs) about Bella's stupid mirror. (laughs) What? (laughs) But if, if we're fully communicating and we're both actively involved in this communication then these sort of things will not be such a prominent issue in the relationship. Right. And like you said in the very beginning, that apprehension to communicate, I think, you know, a month goes by and my mirror's not hung. And then I sit here and I'm like, oh man, this motherfucker, he's too lazy. He doesn't care about me, making all my accusations or my assumptions and my judgments. However, if I wasn't so apprehensive to communicate, I wasn't so afraid of a reaction from you, it'd be super easy to be like, Hey, did you forget that we were going to hang that mirror up today? Right, totally. And that would have been like, oh, shit, you're right. Let's go do that. Right. So the reason this even came up in the first place is because of my amazingly written to-do list. (laughs) And it was so beautifully written in clear words and letters that that's what Bella saw was her mirror (laughs) on my to-do list written on this list. His written communications on point. Right. And... Because she was receiving from her phase of, uh, you know, the, the pillars of your facet mm-hmm. of, what was it, your, your needs or whatever? The relationship or the self-revealing. The self-revealing mm-hmm. facet. She's like, oh, out of all this information, this appeals to me because it's part of my self-revealing mm-hmm. facet. So, yes, I do want my mirror hung that I see on your list already. <laughs> So and me... I'm going to talk a lot of shit about it on this podcast <laughs> until you do it. <laughs> on your day off tomorrow. But really what it came down to is when we were trying to figure out some of the stuff we wanted to get done. And I'm writing down my list. And then I asked you about your stuff. And you mentioned a few things. And you said, oh, I also want to get my mirror hung. And I was like, oh, shit, I forgot all about that. I'm going to put that on my list. Right. And that wasn't even me being shitty about it. It was just, well... You know, like, he's busy, he's doing some other things. I'll just figure out how to get this mirror hung. Because yeah. I can hang a mirror by myself. Well, you could. I don't guarantee it would have been it done would a month ago. straight or anything. It might be <laughs> hanging from the corner, oddly and strangely. No, and basically it was a really roundabout way to communicate the need to get this mirror up. Yeah. And if we took all the judgments and the assumptions out... Once I heard you say that in your list of multiple mm-hmm. things you wanted to do, and I remembered that I needed to do it, we created an indirect line of communication, right? which brought me back to remembering I needed to hang that mirror. Yep. And for those of you who've been listening for a while, you might be thinking, huh, why is this mirror so fucking important for this episode? Well, 
Again, if you've been listening, I'm in the process of waiting for my weight loss surgery date. I, a little life update. Kaiser was on hold for a while. Non-emergency COVID stuff was on hold. So while I was approved for surgery, November 20th, 2020, surgeries all got paused. And so I am still, where are we? Middle of February? Yeah. Still waiting for my scheduling phone call, which I hope is coming this next week. And I'm guessing they're going to schedule me for somewhere in April. But I want the mirror hung because I'm trying to take a lot of my before pictures. Yeah. So that's why this is important to me, not just in some vain, let me look at this outfit I put on today, but because I really want to capture some of these memories at the current weight and body shape that I'm at. So that way later when I'm going through some sort of body dysmorphia with my weight loss, I can look back and see that I actually have made a lot of progress. Right. So there's more to this mirror than just hang my fucking mirror. (laughs) Well, and... Even if it was because you wanted to look at yourself in the mirror, there's nothing wrong with that. Totally, totally. I just wanted to explain why it's so important to me. Okay, that's fair. So we did a lot of communicating here today. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not the best, if we were going to be honest. No, it's kind of of an all-over-the-place episode for us. (laughs) But it was also good because it helped us travel along the path of communication. And hopefully you all can comprehend and understand some of our message. And there's tons more to learn with communication and comprehension, active listening, all this stuff that we've mentioned in this episode. This certainly is not the be-all, end-all of communication. There are entire volumes written about it. Right. This is just our take on it, our little piece of the piece of the world. And we brought this up this week because it's an important part of your own self-discovery on how to... Bring yourself to a place where you want to be so that you can relationship better both with yourself and with others. Absolutely. And so if you've taken anything away from this week, even last week, because we forgot to mention this last week, give us a call. We've got our typo phone set up and we're not going to answer. You're not going to talk to anyone. If you do have that communication apprehension, right. just leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text message. We totally get it. And the phone number is area code 209 536 8976. Yeah. 209-536. Typo. Easy enough. Yeah. Communicate with us. We'd be great. We want to hear from you. We want to listen. And that's really all we've got. The animals have made this recording a little difficult this week. (laughs) For sure. There are three of them in the house right now. I'm frustrated and I'm hungry. And uh, so I'm hangry. (laughs) Thank you for communicating that with me. I fully understand this feeling because I, too, am hangry with cold toes. Yeah, it makes me want to punch mirrors. (laughs) Not funny. (laughs) All right, Polly and Fam, we will talk to you next week. See you next Tuesday. Thank you for talking your Polly off with Bella. And Monsada. You can find our Facebook page in the links. Or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page Polyamory Get Your Heart On. You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares. If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepolly.org. We would love to hear from you. That's right. And you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepolly.org. That's singular podcast, not plural. So until our next discussion, Polly and fam. Live like there's no tomorrow. Laugh until it hurts. And And love love without without limits. limits.